Bienvenidos al podcast de Latino Founder Hour. Each week we invite you to spend an in-depth hour with us as we speak with a Latino startup founder from somewhere around the world. Aquí conocerás esas historias de éxito y fracasos, retos personales y lecciones aprendidas. And we have fun. We're live every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific time. Tune in at startupradionetwork.com. O en versión podcast después del show. Escucha. Listen. Aprende. Learn. Y emprende. Launch. Bienvenidos al episodio 144 de Latino Founder Hour. Me los saluda Edgar Navas, fundador de Clica. Y hoy tenemos a Victoria Flores desde Nueva York, fundadora de Lux Beauty Club. Um, ¿Cómo estás? How you doing, Victoria? Happy to have you here. Todo bien, todo bien. Todo muy bien. How's, uh, how's the weather in New York? Um, well, I haven't been in New York since March. Um, oh, okay. Since COVID. Um, we're based in New York with an office in Florida, but I've been in uh, our lake house in Connecticut since uh, March. Oh, so, I, I bet the weather. Yeah. So the weather is pretty, pretty it's hot. Right <laughs> Winter's in full swing. So, yeah. But as we speak, we got a new president. So, yes, I know. You know. The inauguration. I think it's soon, right? This afternoon. Yeah. No, no, no. It just happened. Literally, oh, as we were jumping in. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so it's official. We got a, a new president, new for, new well, term. Great. I mean, we're excited to have a new president. I think, um, for many different reasons, but, um, yeah, I mean, let's hope the next four years are really awesome and, um, yes, everyone's happy. And the first, uh, female vice president. So yes. that's, what, that's Please. super There's exciting. Black Asian, black Asian, <laughs> you know, yeah. it, it's, it's, it's amazing time. So we're pretty excited to see what's, what's yeah, coming next. It's a great, it's a great time to, uh, tell your children about when exactly when there was a time before that there was only, it's only a boys club. But yeah. that's over, officially over today. So, uh, Victor, just, uh, I mean, you have a fascinating career. I was looking at your profile yesterday and, and, and just a couple of days ago, and you came from banking. But, you know, I, I want to know, like, where, you know, from the beginning, wh where do you come from? I mean, where, you know, where were you born? What led you to, to become a female entrepreneur? Yeah, I mean, I'm originally from L.A., Um, Mexican-American. Um, my dad is from Juarez and my mom's from Veracruz. Um, okay. We obviously migrated to the States um, before I was born. Um, and then had me and my brother in LA. Um, and then in the early 80s, mid 80s, they moved to El Paso. Okay. Um, yeah. LA was getting a little crazy. It's so funny. I just watched the Night Stalker Netflix documentary and I remembered literally that was happening around Whittier and, and Montebello and kind of like East LA where everybody was living. And I think yeah. that was one of the, the impetus for my parents to say, let's go to a more peaceful life in El Paso probably. Really? Interesting. Yeah. And closer yeah. to family, to your dad's family, yeah. in so Juarez. Family in Texas, obviously, like the Mexican yeah. route, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> Texas, California, um, and then uh, so we still have a lot of family in LA, and I still go back there. But and then El Paso, and then um, so about middle school to high school in El Paso, and then I graduated and moved to Dallas for undergrad and business school. Okay. Um, and then out of business school, I went to work for a bank down downtown Dallas, and then they moved me to New York City um, to start their branch there. And then when the bank got sold and closed, I stayed there because I fell in love with the city and had a boyfriend. 
Oh, that, that, there you go. <laughs> so I wasn't going anywhere. <laughs> yeah, you weren't going back to Texas. Huh? Yeah, I was not going back there. Um, and then I got recruited by Morgan Stanley Prime Brokerage to go work um, uh, on Wall Street. And I was one of the only Latinas in Prime Brokerage, which was helping launch all new hedge funds that came across the street from a non-investment to an investment perspective. So I got to meet a lot of hedge fund managers and just that whole network. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mafia. But and, again, you were uh, you know, one of the first, only, probably only females and only also Latina females. Yeah, there was a lot of females, but definitely okay. not a lot of people of color. Um, there were some black men, but okay. not a lot of women of color. Um, and even, you know, there was Italians, but more of like Latina, Latina. There was not, I was the first in my group. Um, So it was a very interesting experience. It was a great experience. Um, I was there when John Mack came back. And so that was a really big uh, deal for Morgan Stanley at the time. And then 2008 happened. And okay. the world blew up. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, so you were in the epicenter of the financial meltdown. Yeah. So, because, you know, 2008 was different than 2020 because the obviously the economy was in the toilet but it was more about the financial markets yeah uh, the financial markets were tanking so it's a very different perspective than 2020 when the economy is in the toilet but but the markets are doing well so correct everyone got laid correct. off across wall street including our team got dismantled but one of the hedge fund managers i helped launch knew this gentleman that was the number two sales trader, Jeffries, and recommended me to him. So the next month, I had a new job with him to basically just chief of staff, COO. Help. It was a very small firm, and they did uh, trade and execution for hedge funds. Okay. So I was already still in the mix. I, had, I knew a lot of the clients, so I just kind of went to work for him for almost 10 years. Oh wow! Interesting. So that oh, wow. that, that was a, a, whole, a whole different so that, that was a product. Oh, I hear my echo. Do you hear that? Sorry about that. No, I was just I was just asking. You know, so that was a completely different product uh, in the midst of a financial meltdown, but you're able to yeah. to quickly, you know, uh, get 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 a yeah. different role within the industry. Correct. I mean, I had to ask for a month off to you know. <laughs> because I got a great package and I wanted to kind of hang out more than a month, but, um, you know, it was, it didn't turn out that way, but yeah. it was, it was a very, uh, you know, my mom's so proud of me because I was the first person in my family to go to college on my mom's side and then business school. So she was like, Oh my goodness. I can't believe that's what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> Mija. Mija, that was very representative. Yeah. The La Cruz. <laughs> Yeah, so that was, uh, you know, it was a special time that my mom, she never even heard of Wall Street, right? She still doesn't even know what hedge fund is. Um, yeah. She knows that they paid well and gave good bonuses. That's, that's all <laughs> That's all that matters. Yeah. What you do, I don't care. You get paid and you get paid well. That's it. Exactly. And, and I always tell founders, um, if you have an idea, if you want to start your own company, always keep it as a side hustle until... Mm -hmm until you can pay for yourself and leave your job. Because for Latinos, right, we can't just go to a venture capital fund or an angel group and raise a million dollars pre-seed with just an idea and a napkin like most white people, white men do and white women do, right? We, we have yeah. to be so established and proof of concept and sales and revenue and the whole thing that you really have to have a different strategy than that. You have to have already been built and have a product that works. Um, 
Yeah, attraction. Yeah, you got to check up way more boxes yeah, than. I mean, they're like, if you're making a million dollars, okay, now we'll give you money. But you know, you can't. We're, we we play in a different pond than that, and 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 we have to really be so, um, you know, at far ahead mm-hmm. of what we're already offering. Um, so I always say that, and I was lucky enough to have a job with this gentleman um, that allowed me to you know, do my thing as a side hustle and said, as long as you can do your job, I don't really care what you do. So it was incredible to obviously keep my salary and healthcare, which is very important. Right. So I was able to dip my toe into my first company was a jewelry company. um, And I was able to uh, build that and even sell it back to my co-founder in Brazil. Um, and then oh, well, I, but I, I was going to ask you because you know hedge fund the, the world of hedge fund is grueling. Uh, I mean, I, I've never worked on that, but I, I have friends that have, and, and they're like long hours, you know, long days. Well, uh, and that's interesting. So, to say how that. Do, where do you find that time? You know, to, yeah, to balance. So, so the gentleman that I worked with for ten years, were, we didn't manage money. We just did the trade and execution for the hedge fund. Okay. So it was the hours were awesome. There were trading hours, you know, oh. nine thirty to four, whatever, when the market closed. But I had this great idea that I wanted to actually go work at a hedge fund for a little while in investor relations and see how that went, right? Because you can make tons of money doing that. So it was literally the worst experience of my life. (laughs) Oh, why? What? what? Um, The hours were insane. um, And you're actually dealing with the big investors face to face. So everything has to be perfect when you present numbers and spreadsheets and like mm-hmm. you, there's no room for error. And uh, for me, I came from a gentleman who I literally, everything I did for him was gold, right? He, we had yeah. such a great working relationship. And if I ever had a hiccup, he'd say, it's okay. How are we going to fix this? We're at the hedge fund. God forbid you do something wrong. And, and then you just grill you. Oh, you're crucified. <laughs> Wow. I think I cried once a week at that job. I was like, I need to leave this place. <laughs> that sounds fun. <laughs> Not fun. Exactly. Not fun where, you know, everything you did turned to gold in your previous role. So yeah, that was and- a very short stint. And then I went back to him because as the stars aligned, the woman that I had hired to replace me ended up leaving the month that I left the hedge fund. So this okay. gentleman called me back and said, can you help replace this woman and I said, I'm available. I'm like, I'm done. Yes. <laughs> Mañana. Absolutely, I'll come back. Um, and then again, I when I started this other business and was able to successfully launch it and then easily transition out of him when yeah. I was so yeah, oh, he, no, was no, a he was a godsend. Doesn't happen very often, trust me. <laughs> well, that's great. And 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 now this allowed you to start, you know, working on, on the idea that became Lux and yeah. Yes, I I always wanted to own my own business. I wasn't sure what, uh, so I dipped my toe on a couple of projects, a couple of things. Um, we originally started Lux Beauty Club as a hair extension company, mm-hmm. Beauty for Women, and it was a great business. We were growing twenty percent year over year. Okay, uh, the supply chain was a horrendous um, to get a hold of because you're importing from China and India. Even quality control you send there, it's still a human thing that comes. Yeah. It could be not good when it arrives here and then you have customer complaints. So I always say it was a good experience because all those mistakes, we made them launching that company, um, which we were able to take to the pivot that we did into CBD. 
And yeah. we, it's been incredible since then. And, um, you know, we, we kind of had our aha moment when me and my partner were staying up late dealing with China, our hair was falling out, our skin was just, it was so horrendous that we were taking CBD to relax and to be able to sleep. We were mixing yeah. it in creams to like, we had inflammation. <laughs> it was like, we couldn't wow. stay up a company like that um, no. with issues, right? So no, absolutely. Right. So we were able to um, pivot into the CBD space, which then at that point, um, it was an opportunity of a lifetime as a business. And and it did great. I mean, we've, we've been rocking and rolling ever since. So, so, so you started with the hair extensions and, and, and well, you know, on, 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 on the, on the women's beauty. Um, yeah. We just tapped into those customers in that market and, and really pivoted into CBD and they took like, you know, because it's not, it's not even like a, like a, like a, what, what would you call like a normal pivot that this is yeah. just like a completely different direction. And oh, it's yeah, just like, and, and I, and I tell my founder, my co-founder and, oh, and her, her, her co-founder's husband who 20 years at Perialis Global joined our team at that point. So then at that point, it was the three of us with different skill set that we were okay. able to skyrocket um, into different, you know, we have three buckets of our business now, which is our Lux line, which is sold across the country in spas, salons, retailers, independents, um, as well as online. And with partners online and, and in United Kingdom and Hong Kong, we're international. And then we have our private label business okay. as well as our licensing business that we license. We have a few licensed brands from Perialis for golf and skate. Um, like Ben Hogan is an iconic golfer. We mm. have that in golf courses, country clubs, that sort of thing. Okay. Wow. But, but, and, and how did that, um, well, first, you know, you start this company. You're still working in in, in Wall Street. Yeah. Uh, you you're funding it yourselves and, and just as, as a yeah. side hustle. And and at what point you decide, like, you know what, this, this is this is it. I mean, now, like you were saying, you know, now I can pay for myself. Yeah. I can just yeah. justify even maybe just a pay cut or or something like that. But then yeah. going yeah. full, you know, full time. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we we had we originally bootstrapped, and then I went back to my network of high net worth individuals and raise money that way okay. to the company to the next level. And then in March of last year, we got acquired by a Canadian public company. Um, and now we're under their umbrella. So anytime yeah. we need additional funds for purchase orders or anything like that, they're able to help us. So that was great because now everyone got salaries and <laughs> no, it's like, no, it's yeah. real. Yeah. We have runway. Um, there was yeah. a lot of awesome things that we could do with that. So, oh wow! But but so that's first initial process. So you you know, do you raise money? You know, going to to your founders? They're like, look, I, I want to start this business of uh, hair extensions, and they're like, what? what what's what, what's going on? You know, how how does that work? Hold on a second. My daughter yeah. is. Oh, it's hi. Yes, tell Aaron too, but I'm on a call, so I'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs> the joys the of world home of Zoom. <laughs> yes, the world of Zoom. Oh, oh. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, so we we actually were able to tap into our over 10,000 customers um, and tell them what we were doing. We had full transparency. You know, I had angel investors from the hair extension business that yeah. we rolled into this and then just gave them shares this transaction so at least they were happy um that now we had a partner that we could really grow it and scale it quickly Let's get, yeah and, and and you know so what, what you know 
what, was that like a, a specific moment where you decided or, or was that just something gradual you said you we, we, this is a bigger opportunity in the CBD and we need to face out how did that roll out yeah so that's a great question a couple of things so we waited for the farm bill to pass in 2018 okay. which we have was going to obviously be taken off of that so we started formulating in 2018 um, and then launched in 2019 and there was a few things that we wanted to get right was own the supply chain because previously it was a nightmare to deal with the supply chain. So we set out by getting by creating joint ventures with everyone from the farm to the cultivator all the way to obviously to our yeah. formula and chemist. So we wanted to own that. I wanted to be able to call someone on our, you know, similar time zone in the United States, made in the yeah. USA. Um, for transparent ingredients. So we always wanted to make sure we knew what was going into the product, especially when we research CBD brands. You don't know, um, you know, obviously you see a lot of the research that some say certain amount of milligrams and it's not. Um, there's other toxic things they can put in it. I always, um, you know, in the future, we're integrating blockchain technology into our supply chain. So with that given, you need to know exactly where each point of transparency is and what was put into it. So we can even get deep as into was there pesticides used in the soil, right? Like yeah. everything from seed to sale to it lands on your back. On your cap. palms. Yeah. Yeah. So that was important. So we set out to really build our platform and program where we wanted everything that we wanted to be able to control. Um, so that's after the farm bill, we, you know, we knew it was going to be an opportunity of a lifetime. I mean, it still yeah. is. Um, but even the THC stuff, um, once federal opens that up, that's even a bigger opportunity as well. And, and yeah, and, and, and that's interesting. We, you know, I, I live in Oregon, which, you know, oh, yeah. It's, yeah, it became yeah. actually this year in the, in the last cycle election, every, apparently everything become decriminalized. So yeah. now mushrooms, uh, psychedelics, yeah, right, anything, anything goes. See. <laughs> That doesn't mean that everything goes that it's party time, but it, it's, exactly. it's more. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's a very beneficial plant. Yeah. Um, we're, we're just scraping the tip of the iceberg on all the cannabinoids in the plant. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a lot of our tinctures have CBN, CBG, CBT. I mean, it all works really well together. CBN helps you sleep. Um, so there, there's, yeah, we've just started because remember a lot of the research, cause it was criminalized. Yeah. You couldn't really do research. It was halted. Yeah. yeah. But remember where the plant came from. I think like Mexican farmers originally brought it. So of course the xenophobia around that. Yeah. Didn't great. Right. When it really is so beneficial in so many different ways for the human and the pharma, right. Pharma doesn't want you to. Right. Heal no, of course. Uh, yeah, to heal yourself. I mean, they, they, they want you sick. And well, that, that's yeah. it. But but you know, in, in, in this, um, in this conversation, and again, just because we, we've been here, we've, we've had, um, I have friends that are in the space and in, in, in the student, the farmers here in the state of Oregon. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned, you know, there's a lot of research, but how do you how do you point to, you know, the valid research to the, you know, the, uh, the, the research that is that that is just there for sale yeah yeah well we well how we start is obviously with a baseline of what what ingredients we want to put into our products that are known to have efficacy around something you know an ailment or or you know for skin or, or, yeah. or redness whatever so we start with clean ingredients all our products have clean ingredients in them and then that's when we 
add the CBD, we test it. Um, obviously over time, I mean, my co-founder is more of the formulator and the tester and the product development. So she's a psycho when it comes to, <laughs> when it comes to products. You don't even know how many times our formulator gets the stuff sent back where the scent is off or it doesn't work as well as this did oh, wow. or whatever. Like we go through a lot of iterations before we put something on the market that we have to obviously test it ourselves. That's, that's yeah. safe, that, that is clean, that, um, that everyone can use. So it, it, we go through a lot every time we launch a new product. Um, but we know that it's for us knowing what's exactly in, in the inside. bottle is what is in the label, right? So yeah. we, we want to make sure that if anyone were to randomly test our products, because you know that happens, um, we you can attest to the yeah. yeah. Yeah, like randomly. And we do that too, right? We test all our products when even when the formulator sends us the COAs, we send our own COA. We have to make sure that everything is is, you know, is is kosher and, and everything's proper and perfect because yeah. with a white audience that always wants to find something wrong with <laughs> Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I was gonna poke holes in something. So no, and for the people that know COA is a certificate of analysis. Yes, certificate of analysis, correct. Yeah. And you see everything on there. Um, but yeah, there's you know, there's also you know broad spectrum to full spectrum. Um, and I'm what is that exactly? I've heard that terminology, and and, and I, I you know here in Oregon again, CBD. All of a sudden, like a couple of years ago, it was yeah. everywhere. Literally, from one day to another, it was like you can get two pumps in your coffee in every yeah. single coffee. So you can get a <laughs> pump at a at a brewery, yeah. and, and and so CBD was everywhere like edible yeah. you know right. bathe in it kind of the edibles for sure um yeah. i i like the edibles just because uh ours work really fast um if you take two you're super relaxed and i take them mostly in the evening so i can go to sleep um and i don't have anxiety but it, it does really help a lot with anxiety i know that for a fact in mm -hmm. our edibles um but what we've been toying with recently is with the the delta 8 thc in edibles which Delta 9 THC is the actual psychoactive uh, cannabis component that is only allowed in, I think, 32 states that yeah. hasn't approved federally. But the Delta 8 is more of a derivative of that, um, which there is, is allowed. Okay. It's in cartridges and it's a lot of in a lot of different dispensaries, but also in a lot of vape shops and stuff like that. So and gummies. And you can actually send those cross state lines. I see. Um, uh, so, so, and this is again, you know, where the, the, there's a lot of uh, non misconceptions, like uh, misinformation or lack of information. It was like, yeah. what's legal? What's not? I know a lot of people that'll be like, well, I don't want to try CBD because uh, I don't yeah. know if I'm going to yeah. be tested and I'm, uh, right. I don't, I'm not into the. Right. So, that's a good question. So, broad spectrum and full spectrum is just the way it's extracted. Broad spectrum has zero THC in it. Okay. Um, and that is the way it's extracted. So most, oh, 99% of our products have are broad spectrum. Um, and then we have some that are full spectrum and that full spectrum means it's less than 0.03% of THC Delta nine in it, which is okay. so small and, and not detectable, but we do say that, you know, if they were to do a hair test or something, it may or may not, but it's such a small trace that, we switched most of our products to broad spectrum just so the FDA wouldn't say anything because they could easily come down on full spectrum versus broad spectrum. And yeah. they don't even know what they're doing, but um, it's, <laughs> they're kind of all over the place on, you know, I think one state 
is uh, has only one state has a lot outlawed CBD. Really? Which state's that? I can't even remember. I just know that I work with all the beauty boxes and we do samples in all okay. the beauty boxes in Q1, Q2 of this year. And like BoxyCharm said, we have one state that doesn't allow it. So we have to, you know, X them out. Except, I see. They get it in, in their boxes. I can't. I, no, it was just curiosity, but yeah, but yeah I, that, I, that seems that, I that, that seems weird. Just because I'm like, it's so like inconsequential when it comes to CBD, right? Like, yeah. it's such an amazing um, product that just helps with so many, you know, done, taken right and and bought right and and created right. It, it's 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 really a powerful powerful product. And, and and again, with this, you know, where, where's that information that people can actually can can, can trust? Yeah, uh, can get full info okay. without get you know without feeling that they're getting pitched and say like, yeah. look, th this is what's actually scientific. This is you know done by yeah. a scientific community, doctors, and it's like, and this is what the findings are. Um, is there is, is that an organization or a so, specific yes, source? I mean, there's a lot of research now, not a lot, but good research now on CBD yeah. and what it can do. Um, you know, it can cure cancer. <laughs> I know people cure cancer. Yeah. It doesn't cure MS. It doesn't, it might help alleviate the, the fatigueness or anything you mm -hmm. get from, you know, depending on what strain it is from those, from, uh, you know, the side effects you get from taking any of that. Um, yeah. Helps with arthritis, that sort of thing. But there, you, it, I, I also, I'm, you know, a big fan of of giving information to people. If you look on our blog, we have a lot of different um, uh, bl uh, blogs about how it can help, why we think it can help, um, the research behind it, um, you know, what products for what you're looking for will help you. Um, you know, and it's not for everybody. I mean, I, I think I've yeah. had. Sometimes it may not help you or, or, or sleeping beauty aid. I've had, I think, one person in two years tell me it didn't help them, but they were also an ambulance the whole time. Oh. So, like, <laughs> yeah, that, that's like you uh, can't substitute one for the other. Correct. It, it, you get off ambient for at least a couple of months and then work up your way through the CBD, right? Because something more natural. Yeah. Yes, it's more natural. And, and people don't know that with your system, the ECS system, um, the endocannabinoid system you're building onto it as the more CBD you take every day, the more it attaches to your system and the better it works. Right. So you definitely, okay. so, right? so you have to take it every day for you to eventually see results in like a week or two. Yeah. And, and, and so, so how did this journey started? I mean, we, we you know, used to, again, we, we deviate because I was so interested in, in, and I was looking at the product lineup, but you, you were doing, you know, you guys were growing, selling hair extensions and also in this, pivot completely to the other in another direction um i think i think it was one night that i had gotten a large shipment from i want to say india because we eventually okay. switched from china to india because the chinese started mixing the hair and putting in plastic which they are still anyway but and then we transferred to we switched to india because that's where the hair comes from right but the problem with india is that they don't have the capabilities to send it to you as fast as china does so you really have to work with them um they're not used to the infrastructure that china has right so they're like yeah it's going to take six weeks to get product i'm like it's impossible china sends it in four days you know whatever and wow so okay. yeah so also we would send them packaging 
Um, and I think when that shipment arrived and my warehouse called me and said, you know, all the boxes and the hair is wrong and, and everything's labeled wrong. It was just kind of like I sat and cried. <laughs> and I thought I can't do this anymore. So my business partner and I had our come to Jesus moment um, as we're like downing our CBD. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's calm down. Everywhere. Yeah. Like, I'm like, what can I do? Where else can I put it? Um, we said, let's think about this. Um, let's think about this. Let's, what if we pivoted into another beauty product, something that everybody could use that can easily stock on shelves. It can be merchandised, you know, anything like that. And then that's when we kind of were taking the tincture. We thought this is, I think the opportunity and, and, and from me being in wall street and in the financial markets, my eye is trained to see, obviously, from an investor lens, the opportunities yeah. on there that are available, right? So that's when we started looking at white space. Um, and for viewers, white space means, you know, something that's missing in the market. Yeah. So white, back then, if you remember, a lot of the CBD brands were, you know, I always say ghetto. They had the marijuana leaf on the front, the, the packaging the look. Plant. Get it in yeah. the house, you know, so... There was nothing really upscale and really nice. So that's when we thought, you know what, let's get in our marketing people and our team and let's turn this around and make it look for spas and salons, which we were already in, right? So we kind of used the same distribution channels for this. And then six months later, after we already had formulated, we had a beautiful line. Oh, wow. And yeah. Okay. And then so it was, it, it was quick. It was a quick turnaround. Oh, yeah. I mean, everybody that would talk to us like it's going to take years and $100,000. Yeah. Uh, we've done this before. Let's just do it ourselves. And we did. We have a great graphics guy at Sri Lanka that turned around everything so quickly. We had a great box company. We had literally everyone came together. Um and and we and within six months we were off to the races. This is a, after a year of formulating, right? So yeah. Um, so now we formulate things so much quicker because we know what we're doing now, right? Well, and, and now you own the product, yeah. So before yes, you were we sourcing, own. you know, the the, the yeah. biomass, oh yeah, all of that, even like the bottle sourcing, all of that. So we all kind of do different things. Um, so that's kind of when, and also we thought, okay, how are we going to get the brand out? So yeah, because. Online is expensive, a but you couldn't. CBD is is um, is is uh, restricted on on, on uh, social media. Yeah, yeah, social media. So we would advertise and then get shut down, right? Yep. So you have to like, and it's expensive, right? Your customer acquisition could easily be upside down. Correct. When you're to get customers online, it's not as you know. Yeah, because you at that point are you a direct to consumer brand or? So yeah, we were we were both wholesale and direct to consumer, but. Um, we knew that direct consumer is going to be expensive if we hired somebody that could get around the restrictions. So we thought, let's go to trade shows. Um, yeah. This is pre-COVID, of course. <laughs> of course, yeah. So our strategy was to go to all the stealthy trade shows that nobody was really going to. Like we we weren't attending the CBD Expo. We weren't attending, you know, MJ conference, that kind of stuff, because our customer doesn't go to those conferences, right? Right. The trade shows. My customer and that's where your competition is going to be. Yeah. Right. Like that's not where Sephora is going to be. That's not where my, my spa women that own their spa chains and massage chains are going to be at, right. They're not going to be at the shows. They're going to be at the Atlanta gift show where we were oh. one of two vendors. Right. So 
we were at the Atlanta Give Show. We went to, you know, the pharmacist convention. We went to like all these little show, little shows. Well, not little, but different shows than the usual shows that CBD brands would be at. Um, and we had beautiful packaging. We every every buyer that came by said, "Well, I have to do my research." There's two other brands here, which is crazy, right? Only three brands, and like wow. 20. And they would all come back. Nine out of ten, they'd come back because we were two women. We'd wear our lab coats because my business partner is a registered nurse. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we had beautiful packaging. We'd wear our lab coats and look super professional, the blonde and the brunette. <laughs> okay. And, and the buyers were all women or gay men. So it was even better. You know, we were. <laughs> so that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. That was like our wheelhouse. We're like, this is heaven. <laughs> so, um, and everyone bought from us. And we had a killer show. Atlanta did a little story on us. Um, that's when Adam Glassman from Oprah Magazine came by and loves our products. He he still buys our products and um, you know tweet and uh, Instagrams about it and and that kind of thing. So and did that um, really help you launch the? Yes, that was kind yeah. of a, you know our coming out moment was um, that trade show and we met our big distributor there out of texas she was there and i'm from texas so we bonded over that um this great southern lady um and yeah it was we had pharmacies buying from us we had boutiques buying from us we had literally every spa we were in the coronado spa like just literally they just loved our it just started so. mushrooming and, and taking it yeah yeah yeah, and and by the way and, and our packaging arrived that morning before the trade show started Oh, wow. That's how so cool. like in the nick of time. <laughs> Literally, we're like building boxes, putting labels on stuff oh before the show started. And then we're like, oh, my God, they're coming in. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, what a great story. So so that was it. This is just like the rebranding of Lux um, yes, beauty products. Exactly. Kind of like exactly. a relaunch, a reboot. Because, and and, and was there an ease transition or did you completely get rid of the other product, the hair extensions? They're like, yeah, you know what? We, that's we, origi we originally thought, oh, let's put in some hair, oil, CBD stuff. And then my girlfriend who owns Winky Lux, who they've raised, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars. She said um, they're they're a, a makeup brand. Anyway, all the startup founders, we all kind of obviously commiserate and, and, and talk every other day. But she said, take the hair off. Take everything off. Just, just this is all done. you're doing. Yeah. This is what you're doing. Be laser focused. This is all you're doing. Um, and I did, and 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 that was it because I have a lot of friends that own that that are CEOs of very large cosmetic companies, like you know, two, three hundred million dollars. And and this is not what they do, but they added a CBD skew or whatever. And when I talk to them, they say it's not moving. And I say, because it's not what you do. It, it looks bolted on, right? Like it looks like you just added it to get on the bandwagon. And yeah. When you, you look at us, we do great because this that's all we focus. Yeah. Okay. We, right. Like we don't have this or that or whatever. And I think that, you know, I've heard that from two big cosmetic brands that said, oh, that CBD product. Just focus. Get in the water. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, so it's really interesting, right? So well, and 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 again, it's interesting because, like you said, we saw it here in Oregon. All of a sudden, from you know being an uh, oh yeah, you hear about CBD all of a sudden it's everywhere, in the yeah. you know the supermarket, a full shelf of CBD, right. from chocolate to you know oils, and you will go right. to a coffee shop and it'll have front face like three dollar mm -hmm. pumps on your CBD. Like what what is this? In a, right at the at the uh, gas station, at the is gas station anywhere. So it's like what we is wonder the CBD? why it didn't work. <laughs> 
<laughs> so and, and that's the question how, how do you how do you make money you know in in, in a market that all of a sudden you see over uh, flooded yeah with yeah, product I, uh lo yeah. very little information what is what this is or how do you differentiate so how yeah, do you I think, i think i mean that that's a great question i think that as a founder i mean i think you can still probably enter the market if you if you know your niche um for us our niche was woman over 30 um female white and latina um and our distribution was already salon high end salons boutiques independence, you know, uh, independent pharmacies. So you, we kind of had our niche of where we were going and that space wasn't crowded for us. I um, see. Okay. It wasn't crowded for us. Um, you know, there's a couple of players, but we, but thankfully for us, we can, our product, we, we also picked complementary SKUs that weren't out there that, that would complement, say, if you were a buyer and you had Lord Jones on your shelf, our products would a look different, but also would complement would be different types of products, right? Like they have some other thing and we have, you know, a mask and, and, and something that, you know, face cream or whatever. Yeah. We have different products than they do, right? Than other brands. Um, and also the price point. I mean, we were able to get into a lot of the beauty boxes because we created opening price points for them to be able to, I call it the gateway drug, to be able to get these small little... Yeah. Like you know, samplers, I, um, yeah, products. yeah. I mean, but it's technically our full product on our website, but it's we created it for them, like one ounce, and yeah, then since sees it, and then they love it. Oh, and that's smart. To yeah, us, yeah, yeah. a lot of other brands haven't been able to do that because I think they have middlemen, um, and we really, really feel for manufacturers. Yeah, and 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 it's not a cheap product. Uh, well, normally, right? CBD in general. I mean, there's a lot of CBD now on the market, but still, to to get it down to where the beauty boxes buy, I mean, they pay like two bucks a unit. So our margins aren't huge, but they buy volume. Okay. So, you know, a hundred thousand units or whatever. So we're able to really beat up everything from our, the bottle maker to, you know, the manufacturer to filling it, whatever, to be able to get that purchase order. No, no, that's good. And, and, you know, what challenges have you seen, you know, you know, aside of the obvious from, from COVID, you know, how do you getting, how do you trying to grow the business now that there's no conventions, there's no trade shows, there's no in-person meetings. How are you guys moving? it? So we, we have distributors across the United States that have their contacts that have okay. their work so that can flow the product through. We also have reps, independent reps, for example, our Ben Hogan, golf line. Those are guys that go to all the golf courses and they already have other lines. So say like apparel and then yeah. they have our CBD line. Um, since that's not so saturated, there's only really one CBD line that's been out there in like Dick's sporting goods and that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, so we, we have, and we also partner with a lot of websites um, okay. that sell, we sell the product on there. We do that, um, but the challenge has really been advertising online because it's expensive. That's, that's your main, yeah. That, that I, I was going to say. Yeah. It's expensive and very regulated. And, and restricted, right? I mean, there's ways around it, but it's so expensive. Um, but a lot of our competitors have been going out of business, especially during COVID. Really? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, because they just blew through their money, right? They thought that like it was, you know, it was it was free for all and yeah i mean that's a lot of 
companies that raise a ton of money and they just blow through the money, big salaries. Um, well, we saw it here in Oregon. I mean, people with uh, two, two, three years ago, just like buying, <laughs> buying farmland, buying you know ex expensive toys, quite frankly, right. uh, and, right. and and getting into an area that they're not familiar with. Yes, correct, correct. And I think that you know, as a founder, if you get a million dollar pre-seed and don't even have a product to put on the shelf you, you know you go crazy right like oh let's spend whatever online or whatever it's like you have to know if you're spending a hundred dollars to get a customer that's only going to spend 32 dollars and probably never going to come back that yeah. probably numbers don't work. <laughs> exactly yeah right? so we've kind of we'll probably dip our toe into that soon but even our parent companies like don't even worry about that you guys are doing great with the wholesale business we had runway so although covid 2020 was challenging we still managed to post some great numbers and i think 2021 is even going to be better for us fantastic and, and how, how do you see this business like you say you know hopefully with this new administration uh new congress uh yeah. which is also very important i mean it's a democratic congress so i think that the next uh, at least two years before the next election cycle uh it could be i, I guess a, a great opportunity for this kind of business yeah, I mean, I think that hopefully with the merchant processing, I think that's been a big deal too. They charge us higher fees. Yeah. Um, we just renegotiated our our um, our fees, uh, and he said, you know, I can get it lower if you take out the gummies. I'm like, okay, well, the gummies are like one of our number one selling products, yeah. so I can't it off, right? But I think I think that if federally CBD is completely innocuous and, and it's fine. Then merchant processing goes down. You can use anyone. Mm -hmm. You can, you know, I got shut down by PayPal when I started. I got shut down um, by another merchant processor when I started. So really my international orders, I only do through Square because I okay. can't do it on my site because they only allow domestic. Um, but yeah, the Ooh. PayPal thing was interesting. I'm like, really? But I forgot and about that. The banking with banking, you're also pretty tied. Is a nightmare. Um, yeah, I also hope that with that, obviously, with 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 the federal mandate of allowing CBD where merchant processing gets easier, um, I hope that cannabis in general gets uh, is is mandated to be completely federally acceptable, right? Because then we can have other SKUs with yeah. either Delta. Delta 9THC where, where I think people, that's an even bigger opportunity. It's a massive, like that opportunity is huge. It's going to be Well, we, we, we will see that. what happens in the next four years. I mean, it, it'll be certainly interesting. And, and I yeah. think, you know, we're getting a younger uh, and more diverse um, set of regulators. So hopefully with that, you know, comes that, that, that type of change. Yeah. And it opens up those opportunities. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, we still got the conservative. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I hope that, um, it, but it's uh, it's it's only getting better. I think that it, it's it's uh, like I said, it, it's it's a it's a wonderful, it's a great space. I love everything about the cannabis plant, um, everything that it can do um, from your skin. I mean, I'm I'm 500 years old. <laughs> no, you look great. It's like. <laughs> I mean, from your skin to anxiety to inflammation, my our roller, my grandma says it works better than her cortisone shots, right? Like we we love that our products yeah. can help people um, in various you know ways. I actually use it. You know, have a, a balm you know for my shoulder. I have an old sports injury, so I'm a I'm a proponent. I do use, and yeah. it, it does. It certainly helps. Yeah. 
So, mm-hmm. and what, what, so yeah. what, what do you see the biggest challenge in this 2021 for you, for, uh, for your company? 2021 is going to be challenging um, in the sense that a lot of retailers are, instead of paying net 30, they're not going at 90, net 120. Aye, aye, aye. Um, like Walmart, we've been talking to them about Ben Hogan because they have a big apparel footprint for Ben yeah. Hogan um, for apparel. So we thought it's a natural progression to have a hemp roller. We relabeled it as hemp just so it's not so, you know, scary. But even if we did a deal with them, they're one net 120, I think, and there's no negotiations. I know that Target as well is like net 120, no negotiations. Wow. Um, I know before COVID, Target had three brands that they were bringing in for CBD, and then they just uh, canceled the purchase orders before COVID. Okay. So I don't know if they hear something from the FDA. I don't know. I have a a, a person on our board that um, is an ex-Charlotte's Web, and he's incredibly um, tied in with them. So Charlotte's Web is a big CBD company. They're always talking to the FDA. So we get trickled down on like what's going on Info, with, them, yeah. so with the FDA. So wow, that's I think we're okay for now. Um, but we'll see. I mean, I think the FDA hopefully is thinking, you know, this is – we got bigger fish to fry. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 again, you know, we you know we we're not we shouldn't be in the business of shutting down industries right now in the midst of a you know economic yes. recovery. Yeah. Yeah. Well, ho- hopefully that's not the case. Right. And now with the second round of PPP, I hope that people will obviously do, do better um, yep. and get out of the hole they're in. Unfortunately, it's it's a sad state of affairs right now. It is, pero well, pero ahora sí que vamos a ver qué pasa. Yeah. <laughs> a ver qué pasa. A ver qué nos pasa. Well, uh, Victoria, thank you so much for the time. It's been great. And, you know, is of there course. any ask, you know, from us, you know, what we can do this as the community founders? You know, we got over 100 founders that we, you know, that, that circulated through the uh, through the podcast. And, you know, we're always I willing mean, to just, connect. Yeah, I mean, just you know, wholesalers, wholesalers are bread and butter. So, you know, people that own pharmacies, boutiques, any of that. Um, our product can live basically anywhere. Um, okay. So yeah, and any wholesalers uh, send my way, absolutely. And we always pay commission. So <laughs> okay, that, that, hey, that's even better. I, I do have a, a contact. I'm going to try to reach out to her. She um, was in the DTC space. Uh, she sold her company yeah. to Unilever. Uh, so you know, uh, successful oh, exit. Yes. And she built. Uh, she's not Latina, but she's here, and in, in in, in, and she's very willing to to help. Um, minority you know women uh because she was there she built her business yeah. literally her, herself so i would love to connect uh jamie absolutely i love that because she's she's one of the one the greatest stories here in, in, in oregon she started her um uh deodorant line literally by herself and her in her kitchen completely kitchen, natural yeah <laughs> selling them in food markets and yeah and yeah, a couple of years I, ago, she sold it. You can't so. underestimate that, right? Like people think that just because somebody raised you know two, three million dollars from a venture capital that they're going to be successful, and we know that that's not true. Correct. People forget the small businesses that start like that, bootstrap, truthfully bootstrap, going yeah. from door to door. I mean, we essentially did that ourselves. And being in Connecticut, I have no problem jumping in my car and stopping at a spa um, locally and introducing myself and putting our product in there. So now the whole area here has our they products. know you, yeah. You know, so they 
exactly. And they love that. Oh, the founder's local. You know, you should buy this. And so, um, and I pop in there anytime they need. If they do, um, you know, COVID friendly yeah. uh, fairs, wellness fairs, like oh, and 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 whatever they need, right? So. That's right. And it's like the, the story, like a uh, uh, little shoe company called Nike, you know, selling in the, in, in the, in the trunk. Yeah, right. Exactly the same. Yeah, yeah I still believe that those stories exist for sure. Well, Victor, thank you so much for the time. And, you know, look forward to, to hopefully in, 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 in some time and have you back and tell us, you know, more, you know, how, you know, hopefully we're on the other side of the pandemic. Uh, but, you know, yep. other than, than saying thank you, just stay safe out there. Thanks for sharing your story with us. Yeah much and um, I hope your viewers enjoy it. All right. Thank you, Victoria. Latino Founder Hour episode 144. You're listening to the Startup Radio Network. Listen, learn, launch. 10% of our gross revenue goes directly to women entrepreneurs in developing countries around the world through Kiva's microfinance program.